Welcome to Swift Unwrapped, a show about the Swift programming language and other projects at Swift.org. I'm JP Samard. And I'm Jesse Squires. And before we get started, I'd like to thank our first sponsor, which is Clubhouse. Clubhouse is the first project management platform for software development that brings everyone on every team together to build better products. Clubhouse provides the perfect balance of simplicity and structure for better cross-functional collaboration. Its fast, intuitive interface makes it easy for people on any team to focus in on their work on a specific task or project, while also being able to zoom out and see how that work is contributing towards the bigger picture. With a simple API and robust set of integrations, Clubhouse also seamlessly integrates with the tools you use every day, getting out of your way so you can deliver quality software on time. If you're interested, you can check Clubhouse out at clubhouse.io slash swiftunwrapped. Thanks to Clubhouse. So today we want to talk about Jesse and I's favorite topic, math. <laughs> I love math. Yeah, you uh, you probably know us from from the internet about talking about math all the time. <laughs> right. I pretty much only tweet about math and generic math functions, actually. <laughs> right. So uh, this episode's going to be all about SE two four six generic math or maths functions. If you have a lot of math, uh, where you just can't hold it with a singular noun, you may have to deal with maths. Right. I I feel like that's like a British English thing, you know? I've never said it is. maths. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a British English thing. And what's interesting is that for the most part, British English is Canadian English as well mm. and international English, but not for maths. Right. <laughs> Uh, that's that's just a British thing. I see. You're on your own, Britain. Right. Well, either way, Canadian and British English are both wrong. So. All right. Well, that we'll leave that for another episode. <laughs> yeah. So this proposal uh, introduces um, two new protocols to the standard library. One is um, elementary functions, and the other is real. Um, and they both define. Um, a set of static math functions um, that you would find in like uh, C math. Um, and currently, in order to uh, to work with these, you have to do the if import dance, like if you're on Darwin or if you're um, on other platforms. So it's pretty um, tedious, I guess, to use these right now. Yeah, it's more that it doesn't have the swiftiest of interfaces where they're they're C APIs. Um, right. So rather than having you know instance members um, or clearly named uh, argument labels, you basically just have free functions. Right. And also, I guess the big thing um, with being Swifty or like having a good Swift interface is um, being generic. Also. For example, like right. the sigmoid function only applies to doubles. So you have to cast if you're using it from Swift, which is not ideal. Or or rather, you know, the exp, the exponent function. Ah, uh, right. 
isn't generic, mm-hmm. you know. So, so you always for all of these, you always have to sort of cast to the common currency type of double, um, and so it isn't necessarily as efficient as it could be, and it's definitely not as ergonomic as it could be. Yeah, that's right. Um, one interesting thing that this proposal suggested, which I think is a first, um, if I recall correctly, which is like putting all of this in a new math module. Um, that was later um, in the acceptance post by John McCall. Um, this, this proposal was accepted with modifications, and one of them was to not create this extra math module um, for a few reasons, um, but mostly it seems like it makes more sense just to cl- include it in uh, the Swift module directly, which I guess that means the standard library. Yeah, one of the reasons cited is that a math module could conflict with names used by other libraries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's also precedent considering all of the other numeric style protocols and math-related functions like min and floor that are already in the Swift standard library that, like, it's, it's already sort of, if you're starting from a clean slate design today, I'm not sure that you'd end up with the exact APIs as defined here with say, um, the elementary functions uh, protocol and things like that, you might have a little bit more of a cohesive design uh, instead of having like numeric and additive arithmetic and all of these numeric style protocols. I don't even know most of them. Uh, I just know that there are a lot of the, uh, that there are a lot of them. Well, I'm glad you asked because I gave, I gave a talk on this a while back, and I am looking at the slide from that talk, and I'll give you the breakdown of numeric protocols right now. There's, um, so at the very top is expressible by integer literal, uh, which makes sense. You know, we have like array literals, string literals, integer literals is another. Um, Inheriting from that is numeric. From numeric is binary integer and signed numeric. Uh, inheriting from signed numeric is floating point and then binary floating point. And um, also inheriting from signed numeric is signed integer. And then going back up, so it's numeric, then binary integer. And then inheriting from that are fixed width integer, unsigned integer, and signed integer again. So it's kind of, it's not a perfect uh, tree. There's um, a few things um, that inherit from like multiple of these protocols. And then beneath all of these, you have like the actual um, standard library types. So int, int8, int64, int32, int64, and float double, and float80. So how up to date are those protocols? Because I don't think you mentioned additive arithmetic and a bunch of others. Yeah, so I think this was as of Swift 4.2, I think, or maybe Swift 4. Um, so yes, additive arithmetic um, has been added. Um, there's also stridable, which exists. It's kind of off to the side. So you have equatable, comparable, and stridable. And binary integer inherits from stridable, so does floating point. And then if we look at additive arithmetic, which I think that might be the only thing that was um, 
added? Maybe. So that was SE233 mm-hmm. uh, that landed in Swift 5. Okay. Um, so additive arithmetic is inherited by numeric at the top level there. And then there's also um, vector arithmetic, which um, extends the additive arithmetic uh, protocol. So I think there are, yeah, just additive and vector arithmetic, which were added. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All, all this has tends to be a lot. Um, yeah. And, you know, some... Some of these math operations do apply. Well, there's also the whole um, uh, accelerate framework as well, which mm-hmm. in uh, Swift 5.1 is, or, or rather, yeah, Xcode 11 is getting uh, a whole new Swift interface uh, with a number of other type of math operations. But this is, you know, way out into um, closed source Apple frameworks. Mm-hmm rather than being part of the, the Swift projects. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's all of the um, uh, SIMD operations as well, which is also operating on numbers for the most part. Right. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot in this space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, which makes it, you know, a little bit more awkward, I think, to suggest a new math module just for these two new protocols, Um given, you know, what already exists in the standard library. So, yeah, I mean, I'd argue even further where if you were starting from a clean slate today, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't end up with probably the same delineation of all of these protocols, Mm -hmm. especially elementary functions seems to be Mm. somewhat arbitrary in that it is everything else that wasn't already in protocols. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, And... Also, it's I think it's worth noting that um, uh, the picture now is also much different than um, in like Swift two. There were uh, a lot of different protocols at that point. Um, There's some private ones, you know. It was like the the earlier days of Swift when things were a little uh, a little rough. Um, some some protocols were just named differently, but then you also had this weird like absolute valuable protocol and a disallowed mixed sign arithmetic protocol. Um, oh yeah, I don't I don't recall those at all. Yeah, uh, yeah, the old hierarchy was uh, a bit different um, and kind of kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, one of the big goals, right, with Swift. Uh, three to four, and then four to five was source stability, and uh, even more so moving forward with um, with ABI stability and module stability. I doubt that um, we'd see some some major changes to uh, the protocol space um, given given those constraints. Uh, and I don't think it's the worst thing in the world either to have um, to kind of have the protocol layout that we have now. Uh, it's just bring attention to the fact that we probably wouldn't have gotten here if it was a clean slate design. Yes. And I'm not sure actually if these elementary functions could live elsewhere in the existing protocol hierarchy. Um, Like maybe they could all just be in numeric, but I'm not sure about that. Yeah. 
I, well, they they probably can't for some reason that I'm overlooking. Yeah, I'm not sure, but um, you know, you you look at you look at the operations provided, and it's mostly what's available. Yeah, in the like math.h header, um, if you're using C or C++. Um, and for the most part, uh, there are no major changes other than instead of being free functions, they are static functions for the most part that are then specialized on all of the types conforming to the protocol. So for example, rather than casting our previous example of exponent to a double, um, you could call float.exponent with your number or mm -hmm. double or um, into 80 or whatever you would want to use. Right. And same with all the others. So double.cosine, float.sine, etc. So it seems like they're all static functions. Mm -hmm. And you don't really get much of, say, like a readability win. Um, mostly because these are named identically to the math.h equivalents and uh, all of the parameters are still unlabeled. Yes, uh, except for there were a few exceptions to that. So there are a couple small renames and then um, atan2 has labels on the params because the y parameter comes first. Um, whereas the others are x then y, like um, yeah, the the other functions that accept two parameters are x then y, like pow for example. Yeah, or x and n. Yeah, um, like pow as well. <laughs> mm -hmm. So there are two pows. There is x and y, and x and n. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit confusing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they also note that. So that's equivalent to the um, the C pow R and pow N, uh, which is yeah for reals and for integers. So again, more more kind of minor renames. Mm -hmm. Yeah, more re refinements to like disambiguate uh, names. Although the other one in the acceptance post was um, the log function for the natural mm -hmm. natural logarithm, which. Um, seems like there's some contention in the review. Um, so this would be the natural log, which is base E. Um, and it's just spelled log as opposed to like log E or log N or LN. Um, and they give a few reasons for this. You know, LN is kind of too similar to like other names and it's short. And I don't know why log E or log N was not... Um, uh, considered, but the post just says the core team felt like plain log was, um, oh, it says extensively precedented in many programming languages, including C. So I guess that that's why. Yeah. I'd like to take a short break here and thank our second sponsor, Instabug. Now, if you've just finished developing your app, and you want to test it, get feedback on it. So you start sending it to your testers, and then they discover bugs in your app. You know how it goes from there. The feedback process is kind of tedious after that, and you never have the data that you need to really fix those issues. And this is where Instabug helps you out. Instabug is an SDK that provides your beta app with a really intuitive bug reporting and feedback solution that helps you reproduce errors and iterate 
so much faster. So then when your app goes live, you can track exactly how your app is performing through their auto crash reporting solution, which identifies similar crashes and groups them together so you can measure their sever severity according to its impact on users, not just based off of one particular stack trace, but what they have in common. So if you can reproduce and fix those errors much faster if you inspect the complete stack trace of all of those crashes and all of the other data that's attached. Now, we have a special offer for all the listeners of Swift Unwrapped. If you go to instabug.com slash Swift, you can sign up for free, install the SDK, and get Instabug's brand new t-shirt. So once again, you go to instabug.com slash Swift. Our thanks to Instabug for sponsoring this episode. So there's one more um, sort of mathematical operation um, that comes to mind that's been recently in Swift Evolution, and that's uh, SE259, which is approximate equality for floating points. And this is uh, a proposal that aims to um, avoid some of the common pitfalls when comparing floating point values. Um, it, it ends up being, so the proposal lays out that there's a lot of advice online um, and misinformation about how to do uh, floating point comparison, and almost all of it is false, uh, which is sort of also because there's often no um, very straightforward way to do floating point comparison. And so this is where um, the, the proposal sort of aims to add uh, two functions, one being is almost equal to on floating point comparing to another floating point, and the other is is almost zero. And these would be extensions to the floating point protocol. Um, but what I find especially interesting, especially in uh, in relation to the rest of this discussion, is um, really just highlighting how much surface area there is now in terms of mathematical operations um, and how spread out it is across the API of the standard library with you know these new... Um, kind of math operations in uh, in elementary functions and in real plus extensions on floating point or other existing protocols uh, there there really is quite a bit and hopefully Swift sort of hides away a lot of that complexity where you really just kind of type a number and then you can you know pass it to to those functions and you get autocomplete you don't really care what protocol is providing it unless you're working with like writing very generic code or extending these numeric types or operations yourself, then that's really where you'll start to to realize um, how spread out all of this is. Yeah, exactly. I think even once you start getting, um, like if, if you even want to write something as simple as, um, I wrote some helpers once uh, just to make some code more readable, adding like an is positive and is negative to um, the numeric types just to make uh, this snippet of code just like read a little bit better. And finding out where to put that was actually, um, you know, I wanted to have it as available as possible. Um, with all of the numeric types. I think I ended up putting it on, um, I think the signed numeric protocol was as high as I could go, which makes sense now. But at the time, um, it took me um, 
a minute and also comparing um, uh, comparing the values in those uh, like helper properties um, you had to use zero as opposed to like 0, 0.0 because a zero integer literal could be interpreted as either by the compiler. Mm, interesting. So they're like all... That sort of makes sense. Yeah. So there's like little quirks like that. Like even when you start writing, um, if you have like integer literal constants for some reason, those can be uh, type inferred as floats or doubles, but the other direction doesn't work, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I don't think you would need to do that as of Swift 5, uh, where because of the additive arithmetic mm -hmm. um, API, which I think everything in signed integer would conform to. Mm -hmm. um, I might be wrong, but additive arithmetic does define a zero uh, static member. Oh, nice. Um, that would help. Which <laughs> it, it would, yeah. And, and it would mean that you could also... Um, potentially have added that like is positive uh, extension on things like vectors. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I mean, right. I'm not, I'm not sure actually, cause you also need, don't you need the ability to compare as well? Comparable? Yes, I think you are correct. Right. So um, was it signed numeric? Wouldn't have that necessarily. Right. Uh, now that you say that, I had to do sign numeric where self is comparable to make that work. Right. Yeah. Uh, which adds to the whole point here where uh, I did a thing that I thought would work and it's like, oh, no, I need to constrain it. Like, make sure it's also comparable because signed numerics are not automatically comparable. So. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, very interesting. I think um, numeric has a um, has a magnitude associated type, which is required to be both comparable and numeric. So you could compare the magnitude uh, of a of a number. Yeah, right. Just a little weird uh, to write. And because numeric is additive arithmetic, it has a zero. So you. It, n n numeric should be enough because um, mm -hmm. all all numerics have a magnitude. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, this is... The, you can get pretty deep thinking about this stuff. Right. And by the way, this uh, SE 233... Or sorry, not SE 233. Um, uh, SE 259, the approximate equality and the approximate zero, uh, was returned for revision. Um, there is an implementation pull request out there um, but ultimately, uh, I think this is sort of on ice for the time being. It was last touched in April of this year. Mm -hmm. And the uh, the elementary functions or the generic math functions proposal 246 was uh, accepted back in uh, March, I think. Yeah. Um, so that will be in Swift 5.1. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. Uh, one other thing I wanted to point out was uh, there's been an is zero computed property has been in the the standard library for a while, which I always thought was kind of nice. 
um, for floating points, it would actually just compare the, the bit pattern directly. Um, since if you're doing floating point computation, it might be, well, the notion of zero is a special case, I guess. Yeah, and I suppose the is is approximately zero or is almost zero would also um, be even looser, I guess, where it, it may also check, not necessarily do a bit pattern comparison, but also check neighboring values. I assume that's what it does, yeah. Yeah, there's some sort of uh, tolerance, yeah. Okay, I think that's all we have for this episode. Um, thanks again to our sponsors, uh, Clubhouse. You can find them at clubhouse.io slash swiftunwrapped. And Instabug. You can find them at instabug.com slash swift. And you can sign up for free, install the SDK, and even get Instabug's brand new t-shirt. And you can find the show on Twitter at swift underscore unwrapped. You can find me at jesse underscore squires. You can find me at simjp. And if you enjoy the show, please do leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening.